Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Jesse Meyer. Enjoy. Worship team, can we give it up for the worship team? Um, it is it's so good to be with you guys this morning. If you don't know, I'm, I'm the worship pastor here, so normally I'm up here getting to lead worship, but man, when I get to just, well, I'm excited to get to teach today, but when I do, I get to be out and just worship with you guys in, in the congregation, and it's amazing, and I'm so grateful for our team. I'm so thankful for just where they led us in worship today, and I'm actually going to, I'm going to come over here and get myself a couple tissues because my wife will tell you that I am kind of a crier. Um, I was actually like wiping my eyes multiple times in worship. It's just like, I don't know, it's just how God moves in me. And so probably at some point today, even though today we're talking about celebration, I'm sure somehow the Lord's going to allow me to cry in the midst of that. Okay, so um, I'm, gonna, I'm ready with that. And I've got my water. Um, and so this morning, let me take a drink real quick. If you are new today, my name is Jesse, and I'm the worship pastor here, like I said. Um, I want to introduce myself real quick. I've been married for 18 years to my beautiful wife, Larissa. And yes, and we have four kids, uh, Malia, Paisley, Hudson, and Miles. And they keep us very busy and very exhausted, but it's very good. It's very good. Um, so as I mentioned, we are, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this yet, but we're continuing our series called Living in the Presence. This is our second week in that series. We, we did a series before that called House of the Lord. And so now we're looking at what does it mean to actually live in his presence? Because as we found through that series, what the Lord has done is he has made a way through Jesus so that we can all be temples of his Holy Spirit and so that collectively we are his dwelling place. And so we're talking about what does it look like to live in his presence. And so last week, Pastor Brent uh, brought an amazing word about the bread of the presence. Wasn't that just powerful last week? And and we talked about um, just how God set that all up. And then we, as a response to that, we took communion together and we, we partook of the bread and the cup and we talked about coming to, uh, coming to communion with 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 a heart of um, uh, well, with a heart of gratitude, with a heart of thanks, but also with awe and reverence and repentance. And and one of the things that we do in communion is that we remember what Jesus has done. We remember where we would be without the work that He did on our behalf. And so, one of the things that happens when we remember is that it sparks thanksgiving. Has anyone ever experienced that? When you, when you take communion, you remember what God's done, what Jesus has done. Man, it, it sparks thanksgiving. It sparks gratitude in your heart. And what happens when you are stepping into gratitude and thanksgiving is out of that flows celebration. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about celebration. We're talking about how living in his presence calls, actually creates in us and causes us to be a people of celebration. So... Today, we're talking about celebration. Are you guys ready? You are already like a cheerful bunch today. So who's ready to talk about celebration? <laughs> celebration. 
So to, to start out, before we dive into scripture, I want to give you guys just a little glimpse of a, a little moment of celebration that happened in my life recently. Um, my, my 10-year-old son, he plays flag football, and he is very passionate about it. And I get the privilege of being one of the assistant coaches. And like two weeks ago, he had the most epic touchdown of his short little, like whatever, he's played for maybe like two years. But he had the most epic touchdown. And it was actually caught on video by Jason Chatro. Is Jason in the house this morning? Where is, is he here? Okay, well, Jason got this video, and I want to share it with you guys just to give you a glimpse of what celebration looks like. So can we roll that? Feel free to... No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, feel free to cheer. You know, so that was like my way of getting to slip in like the dad, like I'm proud of my son kind of thing and to kind of brag on him and tight to the, to the message. Um, but so I don't know, the, the point of that really was, though, to share and show you guys. At the end of the video, I don't know if you saw the guy in the black sweatshirt with his hands, like, literally in the air and, and fists clenched. Like, so that was me. And um, it was completely, like, involuntary. I, I was, you know, it's one of those things you're watching it unfold. And as you guys could see, it's like, I thought, oh, okay, cool. You got, like, a 10-yard run. And then it goes more. And I'm just, like, kind of in disbelief that he's pulling this off. And so in the midst of that, just bubbled out of me this celebration. And a lot of it was, it's, it's, it's a celebration that's rooted in, man, I love my son, right? And getting to see him do that is like, it just sparks celebration. So um, that's where we're heading today. I'm going to kind of reference that, that video in just a little bit. But I wanted to show you guys that and just kind of prep the ground. We're talking about celebration today. And I want to start by reading from a psalm. But before I do that, I just want to invite you guys to stand one more time, if you would, this morning, because we're going to read God's Word, and I just want to have us stand for a moment just in, in honor of His Word. So I'm going to read from Psalm 1611, and then I'm going to pray, and then we'll dive in. So Psalm 1611, it says, You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures evermore. Let's pray this morning. God, I thank you that we get to live in your presence. God, today I pray that this scripture would be manifested in this place. God, I pray you'd release the fullness of joy that is found in your presence in this place today. And God, I pray as we dwell in your presence together this morning that you'd pour out the fullness of your joy upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So go ahead and grab a seat. Um, so we are going to talk about um, celebration, but I want to just root us in, into the foundation of God's character today before we dive into that. And I wanted to share this quote from John Ortberg. He says this, we will not understand God until we understand this about him. God is the happiest being in the universe. 
God also knows sorrow. Jesus is remembered, among other things, as a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. But the sorrow of God, like the anger of God, is his temporary response to a fallen world. That sorrow will be banished forever from his heart on the day the world is set right. Joy is God's basic character. Joy is his eternal destiny. And I'll say it again, God is the happiest being in the universe. Amen. I mean, and it's kind of weird. I don't know why when we, when we read that, it's like, it's like, man, it takes us back. It takes us back a little bit. And so I want to ask you guys, the question today is like, how does that resonate with you? Is that, does that strike you a little odd? Do we think of God in those terms? Um, but I just want to root us and anchor us into that reality that, that God truly is the happiest being in the universe. And that is why Psalm 16 says, in his presence is fullness of joy. Because when you get around the presence of God, you step into the, the, the realm and the atmosphere of joy that is his nature and is his character. And, you know, this is, so that's a quote from John Ortberg. But I want to also say that we find that theme of joy and celebration, the nature of God, all through Scripture. So we're going to look at that a little bit. So in Job 38, we're given insight into the reality that joy and celebration are actually woven into the fabric of creation. So it says this in Job 38, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you know so much, who determined its dimensions and stretched out its surveying line? What supports its foundation? And then this is the key line. And who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang and all the angels shouted for joy? In the very midst of creation, at the beginning, it's not just a silent thing where God's just kind of stoically sitting down on, on his throne somewhere like, yeah, we'll make this, I'll make that. No, it's like a massive celebration in heaven. The angels are singing. The stars are actually shouting for joy. And so I just want us to, to lean into that reality that from the very beginning, celebration and joy are a part of it. And so we know, you know, unfortunately, we know the story that Soon after creation, soon after that, you know, that song of joy, the shouts of joy from the angels and from the morning stars, we know the story that unfortunately through the rebellion and the, and the decision of Adam and Eve to not trust God, to believe the lie that, that he isn't actually good, they chose to sin. And that introduced death and darkness and disease and heartache and sadness into the earth. And that is when the battle for over-celebration was begun. There, there was a battle against joy and celebration in that moment. And we're well aware of this. But I just want us to see this morning that at the very beginning, before that, before Adam and Eve sinned, the soundtrack of heaven was heavenly songs of joy and shouts of celebration. And I find it interesting as well. There's another place that we find angels singing for joy in the Bible. Anyone know when that is? Maybe there's multiple places, but I know one in particular. There's one other particular place that the angels sing for joy, and that is at the birth of Jesus, right? That's at the birth of Jesus. They were, they were celebrating when God established creation, and then they were also celebrating when God entered into creation to redeem creation. So, there's, there's, there's celebration at the beginning. There's celebration when Jesus entered in. And guess what? There's also celebration that is coming. 
There's celebration coming. In Revelation 19, six through eight, we get a picture of the celebration that's coming. It says, then I heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of a mighty ocean of mighty ocean waves or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord for the Lord our God, the almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice or celebrate. Let us give honor to him for the time has come for the wedding feast of the lamb and his bride has prepared herself. She's been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. So we've got celebration at the beginning. We've got celebration when Jesus arrives and we've got celebration at the wedding feast of the lamb. That's where we're heading. But wait, there's more. There's more. We also see celebration in the patterns that God set for Israel. So, so God, like his chosen people, he, he, he knows and he values and it is his character to celebrate, and it's so important for us and for his people that he established feasts that he called them to celebrate. He, there were seven different feasts. A lot of them were particularly set aside for them to celebrate God's goodness. But there was one specific instance where like, it, it, it kind of overshadowed all those other ones, and that was the year of Jubilee. So every, every 50th year was the, the year of Jubilee, and during the year of Jubilee, debts were forgiven, slaves were set free, and land was restored to its original owners. John Tyson says it this way. He says, when Jubilee finally arrives, there is freedom and joy and celebration unlike any other forgiveness, restoration, reparation, and return. A one-year rest that reminds the nation what life is like under the goodness of God. And here's the amazing thing. Jesus came not to just establish one year of Jubilee, but he came to establish a culture of Jubilee. In Luke 14, excuse me, Luke 4, 16 through 21, it says, Jesus, and, and this is where Jesus is, is um, he's quoting from Isaiah 61. And he says, uh, Luke 4, 16 through 21 says, Jesus stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He's sent me to proclaim freedom for, for the prisoners and the recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, favor aka Jubilee, then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So again, that's where Jesus came to establish, again, not just one year of Jubilee, but a culture of Jubilee. And I, I would even say, in our day and age, a counterculture of, of, of Jubilee, because we are currently in a culture that is cynical and filled with, with doubt and, and filled with the opposite of Jubilee. And so it's actually a counterculture. And that was the way, that was the day that Jesus was in as well when he came. And so celebration is that year of Jubilee, that, that culture of Jubilee is something that Jesus wants to establish. And this is why the theme of celebration actually dominates many of, of the parables of Jesus. So we're gonna go through a couple of those. Uh, the first one is this parable where Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who decides to have a great banquet. When the quote-unquote honorable people won't come, 
he invites and he, he doesn't get mad. He instead, the, the man throws the doors, doors open wide and he goes out and he invites the poor and the cripple and the lame and the blind. And then when there's still room, he sends his servants out and he invites everyone. He wants everyone to come. And the point is that God wants the house full and he wants the celebration great. And then there's the parable of the, the lost sheep. The man finds his, he leaves the 99, finds his lost sheep. And what happens? Celebration. There's the man, or there's the woman who, who finds her lost coin and she finds it and she gathers everyone around her. And what does she do? She celebrates. And then of course, there's the one that we're most familiar with. And that is the story of the prodigal son. Okay, the son returns and we all know what happens. The father embraces him, welcomes him, and, and throws a massive celebration. So, so Jesus is, is kind of painting a picture of the kingdom of God, and that's what it looks like. It looks like lost things being found. It looks like the oppressed being set free. It looks like healing, and ultimately the result of all that is celebration. So we talked about how the nature of God is joy, and we talked about in his presence is fullness of joy, and Jesus actually talks about this as well in John 15. You guys are familiar with this, a lot of you are familiar with this passage where Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. This verse is actually really where the vineyard gets his name. We're the vine, or he's the vine, we're the branches, and we want to bear fruit. But what he says, if you skip down to verse 11, is he says, these things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Okay, so in his presence is fullness of joy. Jesus has the same joy as the Father because we believe in a triune God, Father, Spirit, Son. And Jesus actually wants to impart that joy that he has, that the Father has to us. And it's available because of what he's done. So again, we see celebration at the beginning when Jesus arrives and when he comes again. But as we know, at this point right now, we're living in that middle place between when Jesus came at the first time and when he's coming again. And so right now, we're, we're living in this place where there's a battle for our joy. We have to, we have to look forward. We, we see down payments. That's kingdom theology. We see, we see the inbreaking of the kingdom. We see opportunities and things that we can celebrate. And yet, in the midst of that, we, we live in this tension where we also are, there's things that we're mourning and things that we're struggling with and things that are, are broken, we bump up against that, and it's a battle. There's a battle for our joy. Um, in the devotions this week, Pastor Mike shared a quote from Harvey Cox, who said, the carefree spirit of joyous festivity is absent in contemporary society. Apathy, even melancholy, dominates the times. Modern man has been pressed so hard toward useful work and rational calculation, he has all but forgotten the joy of ecstatic celebration. And the funny thing is that was written in 1978. So I think he was onto something then and, and he's onto, I mean, and we're still, we're still experiencing that. We still experience that, that brokenness. And the, and the truth is that even when Jesus declared that he came to establish Jubilee, there was, there was opposition to that as well. I mean, it, the reality is that day when he, he declared that, they tried to throw him off of a cliff. And then we know that eventually they crucified him. There's, there is resistance 
there's resistance when we step into saying, we're going to step into that culture of Jubilee that Jesus wants to establish. There's resistance to that. But I believe God is inviting us to step into the reality that he's called us to be a people that know how to celebrate well. Because celebration is a powerful weapon in the kingdom of God. I really believe we need to hear that today. Celebration is a powerful weapon in the kingdom of God. I think a lot of us, we, we resonate with like, inter, yeah, I'll, I'll go intercede. I'm going to go witness. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend time in prayer. I'm going to spend time in the word. And yes, let's do all of those things. Those are all powerful weapons. But celebration is also a powerful weapon in the kingdom of God. And I think oftentimes why we fail to step into celebration is because of what I was mentioning, that we live in this place of resistance to that. But I also feel like part of it is because sometimes I think we, don't, we misunderstand the true nature of celebration. I think some of us, we've seen celebration as something that just kind of happens to us. It's just something that kind of comes upon us. I'm almost like in, in that video that I shared with you guys, I didn't have to think about celebrating. Like it just like, it just came upon me. I just, it, it was just this, like I couldn't help but celebrate. And I think sometimes we feel like that's the only way that celebration happens. It's those, those moments in those brief, like very few moments in life when, when everything kind of lines up or there's one in particular thing that it just erupts out of us. And that's great. And it's like, yes, Lord, more of that, right? More of those moments in life. But the problem is, and, and what I would call that kind of celebration, I'm going to call it involuntary celebration. Okay, so it's kind of like you don't have to think about breathing, right? You're just involuntarily sitting there, you're listening to me, and you're breathing. You didn't have to think about it. So that was kind of what happened to me at the football game. It was involuntary celebration. It just kind of popped out. But the problem with that is that it's entirely dependent on external circumstances. Okay, involuntary celebration only happens when everything goes just right. But like we're talking about, does, is that your guys' experience in life? Does everything go just right? Because <laughs> it's, not, it's not mine. And actually, a little aside here. Um, so that was two, two weeks ago that that play happened and an involuntary celebration broke out. But last week, he had his, his first game of playoffs, and they lost in sort of heartbreaking fashion. On the last play, it was, you know, they lost. And I'll tell you, there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> Um, it, was, it was a painful scene. It was very painful. And so, you know, he, he got to experience the, the joy of that touchdown, but then he also had to experience um, the pain of defeat. And I was thinking about that reality. Like, the thing is, he, the team lost, but during that game, he, had, he, had a, he actually had two touchdowns, and he, he played a great game. And the, just the simple fact that, like, he has legs that he can run with and lungs that allow him to breathe air and be able to play. Just that alone is worth celebrating, right? So let's see, where am I here? So, so, that's, so that's involuntary celebration just kind of happens, right? But the problem is that in life, we bump up against the brokenness of a fallen creation. And so for those kind of moments and in that part of life, there's, there's a different kind of celebration I want to suggest today. There's a, there's a second kind of celebration, and it's actually a deeper, 
more powerful celebration. And if my reaction in that video, if we want to call that involuntary celebration, you could call this other kind of voluntary celebration, but I'm going to call it today, I think, for, for purpose, for, for, so we can kind of zone in and so that it's clear, I'm going to call it kingdom celebration. Because kingdom theology recognizes that the kingdom of God is at hand, and it recognizes that it's still coming. And so kingdom celebration recognizes at any given moment, there's an opportunity to celebrate. There's an opportunity to celebrate. But at any given moment, there's probably something in our life that is causing some pain. There's probably some situation, and all you have to do is turn on, turn on the news, and you'll bump, up into some, you'll bump up against something that can silence your celebration. So kingdom celebration, it celebrates God's goodness breaking out all over the place all the time, but it doesn't deny the heartache of living in a world where God's kingdom isn't fully established. It's not a, it's not a celebration where we just stick our head in the sand and pretend that everything is okay. Kingdom celebration actually faces the darkness head on and says, I will not be silenced. Kingdom celebration is not something that happens to us. So that, that, that scene that you saw on the football field, that happened to me. I did not do that. It, was just like, it, it just happened to me. But kingdom celebration is different. It's something we choose to step into. And it's not, it's not cheap. Kingdom celebration isn't cheap. Jesus actually gave his life for it. And, and it's not divorced from grief and sorrow. It, it holds the tension, just like kingdom theology does. And I, I feel like it's important to make this distinction because I feel like in our, in our culture right now, there's a general sense that, you know, if someone is a celebratory person or someone's just like one of those people that just ha- they're just thankful and they're grateful and they're just like always happy, that there's almost this sense in our culture where we would think that that person's out of touch with reality. Like, have you not, do you not read the news? Like, are you just like living in a cave somewhere? And, and, and maybe that's the case for, I don't know. But, but I want to say this, you can engage with the brokenness of our world. You can be aware of it. You, you don't have to stick your head in the sand. We're actually not called to do that because we're called to be kingdom people who are, are, are bringing God's kingdom wherever we go. So that requires us to enter into difficult situations. And most of us, we're going to have that thrust upon us no matter what. But that doesn't mean that we can't walk out that kingdom celebration. Because the reality is kingdom celebration is actually an overflow of gratitude and thanksgiving. It's actually a deep, it's a faith-filled celebration. It looks ahead. It's a faith-filled celebration that it looks, it actually remembers, it remembers what Jesus has done. It, it, it doesn't forget how he's been so faithful, and it also looks ahead. It looks to where we're going. It looks to the, the second coming, ultimately, of Jesus. It looks ahead to his kingdom fully coming. And, and so this morning, I feel like the Lord is saying to us in, in the gentle, loving way that God speaks, he's saying to us, that it's time for you, Vineyard Boise, to learn how to celebrate well. Yes. I, feel like, I feel like the Lord is inviting us into that. And I, I feel like he's inviting us to catch a vision for celebration. 
I, I feel like he's inviting us to understand more deeply the value of celebration and, and the power of celebration. And I also believe he's, I think sometimes we, we can understand those things cerebrally, we can understand it, but I feel like the Lord wants to release um, a new, uh, almost like permission or freedom to celebrate, a, a permission. And some of that is breaking off some of those, that, that cultural stuff where it's like, we almost, it, like when we see so much darkness and there can be, I don't know if you guys ever experienced this, there can be a sense like you almost feel guilty celebrating because it's like, there's, there's so much that we could, that's so dark and we could mourn. I can't celebrate, like how can I celebrate? That's not, you know, and I just feel like that's actually the enemy wants us to get stuck in there. And it's actually like adding insult to injury. It's adding insult to injury. And, and as God's people, we're called to be like in the midst of all that, that darkness, all that stuff. And we're called to be a people of celebration right in the midst of it. Not to, not to separate from it and pretend it doesn't exist and we're just gonna you know, come, come in church and, and pretend everything's fine. No, that's not what we're talking about. It's being right in the middle of it, but bringing that heart of celebration, that heart of, of gratitude and thanksgiving right into the middle of it. And so I feel like sometimes we've allowed that incomplete idea of that involuntary celebration. We're kind of waiting for celebration to happen to us. We're just waiting. As soon as, you know, as soon as everything lines up just right, then, then I'll celebrate. We kind of have like maybe some special rules with God where we say, until you do that, God, I'm, I'm not going to celebrate. Or, or God, do the impossible and then I'll celebrate. Then I'll praise you with all I have. It's sort of like I could say, until my son scores the most epic touchdown of his young flag football career, <laughs> I won't celebrate. And when, when our staff attended the, the Northwest Regional Vineyard Conference this summer, one of the speakers, his name is Josh Williams, he had a strong word for us. And it was for the whole region, but our whole team that was there felt like it was really for our church as well. So I wanna just share what he said. He said, there are things we've been expecting we've been praying for, things we've been longing for, and the Lord is asking us, if I gave that to you, would you even celebrate? Would you even know how to properly thank the Lord for that? There are things we are praying for and longing for, and the Lord is saying, I want you to know how to celebrate what I will do, what I'm going to do. We need to learn how to celebrate well. I feel like that's what the Lord is inviting us into. But here's the challenge today. If we've been walking in this understanding that celebration is something that just kind of is gonna happen to us when everything is just right or the, you know, the moment's just right or our team scores the, a, a touchdown or whatever, if we're waiting for that, how are we gonna learn how to celebrate well if we don't practice celebration? So in his book titled The Beautiful Resistance, um, an author I really love, John Tyson, he writes this, we often talk about spiritual disciplines as key to our faith. In fact, one of the most popular books on this topic is called Celebration of Discipline. But could it be that in a cynical world like ours, the key is not celebration of discipline, but the discipline of celebration? Making sure we commit to celebrating the good God we serve. I think so. Celebration resists cynicism. I love that. I love that reality that, that 
we're gonna, we, have, we have to make that choice. We have to decide, I'm going to be a person that chooses the discipline of celebration. I'm going to choose to be a person that resists cynicism through my decision and obedience to celebrate. You know, the discipline of celebration, it's something we need to weave into the fabric of our lives at home, at work, in our family, with our friends. And, and, and honestly, you know, as a church, I just, I feel like the Lord inviting us saying that you guys, I want to teach you how to celebrate well together. And so we're kind of moving towards the end here. And I want to make space for us to, to practice this together. Um, so this morning, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to lay out three different ways that we're going to practice the celebration of discipline, or excuse me, the discipline of celebration this morning. So with that, uh, we got plenty of time this morning left. I want to invite you to stand, if you would, and then I'm going to invite the, the worship team to come up as well. And so the first discipline of celebration today is testimony. Testimony, okay? So testimony, when we, when we hear and share testimonies, what it does is it builds in us faith, it also builds gratitude, and it builds thanksgiving. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, for the next probably five or ten minutes, well, one little thing, too, I want to say. I heard a pastor say recently, the awesome is in the awkward. The awesome is in the awkward. Um, usually, there's this, I don't know, there's a principle in the kingdom of God. A lot of times, you have to push through the, the awkwardness to get to the awesome that God has. And so I just want to, I wanted to say that because I know, because what we're about to step into is I'm going to actually invite those who are brave enough. We're going to practice celebration together. So I'm going to invite, I'm going to have Terry come up and there's a mic right here. And you can just stay, maybe just stay down there. And, and what we're going to do is have you guys line up. Okay, so whoever's brave enough, whoever is like, I will push through the awkward to get to the awesome this morning. I want you to line up on that side of Terry. And what we're going to do is just have you share. Literally, like, this is not, this isn't, you can only share if you, you know, I don't, it could be anything where you see the faithfulness, the goodness of God in your life recently. Maybe it is a massive miracle, but maybe it's just like, I got a new job or, or something I was praying for, God, God delivered. Okay, so it could be anything. And here's what we're going to do. For those who come up, like, you guys are awesome and step into the awkward. And if you don't come up, I want to invite you. This is a time to practice celebration well. Okay, so you saw me in the video, and that's, you know, I, I, I had my hands up. I was going for it. So what I want to do is every time that someone shares their testimony, their little, whatever it is, it, even if it's like I had a splinter and, the, and they got the splinter out, okay? Like, even if it's that, I want to hear you guys just celebrate with, 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 with our family today. This is, this is what family is about. It's about celebrating. So there, I know there's more of you guys. Make your way up and, and keep it. We're going to keep these really short, like 30 seconds. Share awesomely, excitedly, and quickly. And, and then, you guys, we're going we're gonna to celebrate. So let's go for it. Right, I'll be the first one. God bless you all. So real quick, um, I just want to share on Wednesday when I came to prayer, the Lord um, spoke and he said, if the enemy can shut your worship down, he will shift your 
vision. And then we headed to the pantry. And while we were there, I was volunteering there, I got a phone call from my brother that my mother was being rushed to the hospital. And she's been going in and out of the hospital this entire year. And I just stand up in the fullness of Christ, and I declare that spirit of death to just go away from my family. It will not touch my mom. She was released the very same day within a couple hours. All right. That was, thank you. That was really scary for me because she had been in and out. So thank you. There's power in Jesus. Hi, I'm Margaret. Okay, I'm Margaret, and uh, I used to be very critical, very judgmental. I used to be very bitter about life, and um, I dug a pit so deep that it took Jesus to leave the 99 to pull me up out of that pit. And when he did, and I was all in, he infused me with his joy, and that joy has remained inside of me forever. I... The last thing I want to say where I know that this is from God is the fact that life hasn't changed. It can be just as cruel and just as hard, and and loss is certainly there. But I am still infused with unshakable joy inside. All right. Hi, I'm Mary. Um, I've been ill for some time and haven't been able to drive much. certainly not been able to come all the way out here. And um, I've uh, gotten off some medication. I've got better treatment. And it's all in God's hands. And he, um, I came to an almost near-death experience. And so he met me and said, you have a lot to live for. And I had three days to cry about it and fuss about it. And then I was filled with joy. And I got here to church today. I'm standing and I'm driving yeah. and I'm happy. Yeah. Yes. All right. So you guys are actually doing really amazing. And I just want to say, let's take it up one more level. Okay. So, so this next one, whatever you've been doing, take it up. Take it up a level. Let's take our celebration up. All right. Let's go. All right, Simon. Uh, my name is Simon Kusin. Um, I am a worship leader. I used to lead worship here. Five years ago, I had a stroke. So uh, I'm paralyzed up and down. And God say, I am doing a miracle in your life. Yeah! And he's, he's saying to me that I will lead worship. Yes. It's coming. Yeah. Woo! I have two really quick stories. One, um, I'm working uh, really early mornings, which is really difficult, um, and I only work with a few people. And one of the people I work with has been really antagonistic towards me and actually, like, feel like harassing me and... It came to a climax, and I had to tell my manager. And it, and the whole time I've been asking people to pray for that situation. And so after I talked with my manager, at first it looked like nothing had changed. And the day after that I had worked with her, 
I came into work and I said, Lord, I just put on the armor of God and that no weapon formed against me will prosper. And from that moment on, every interaction I've had with her, she was smiling, she was kind, she was considerate, and she actually switched, so we're not working together, but just a few minutes and our interactions have been amazing. And she confided in me for the first time ever about her son who, it's a long story, but about her son and I told her, I am praying for your son. And she's following up with me, giving me updates on her wow. son. So that to me is just a complete turnaround. Woo! Amazing. Thank you, God. I'm so thankful to God for that. And one more quick story. Um, a child of mine was going through a very difficult year, a year of just horrible difficulty and praying every single day in my prayer closet over this child. <laughs> Two weeks ago on the way to church, was sitting in the front seat with me and I put on um, a worship song and I felt the presence of God fully overtake me to the point that my right hand was burning and he said, touch her. So I said, give me your hand. So I grabbed her hand and I felt electricity leave me and go to her. And I go, do you feel anything? And she goes, yeah. And I said, the Lord is healing you. And she goes, oh. And I said, where do you feel? And she goes, right here. I said, he is healing your heart. And her countenance changed. He is healing her heart. He is healing our families. Yeah. Our families. He is healing our families. We just have to step out and pray and be patient and perseverant in praying. And he is healing our families. Yes. Come on. Let's celebrate that. Celebrate some more. again. Woo! Yes. I'll keep it a little short because it took a long time for this celebration to develop. But this week, I celebrated forty-seven years of marriage to that beautiful woman. I mean, we could talk about things, you know, to celebrate all day long that God's done in our life, but the greatest one has been being being partnered with her and how God has complimented us with each other. That's it. So after several years of being kind of put down because I wanted to go back to school, um, after my divorce, God led me back to school. Since January, I've put in nearly 50 credits of classes, and I've been on the dean's list the whole time. Yeah, about uh, two weeks ago, I was telling the book club, I belong to the big book club here with Pastor Mike, that I'm praying for God to restore the joy of salvation. Because sometimes you can let things happen in life. And uh, my wife has been inviting me to come for the worship, telling me about the kingdom. And uh, this morning, in that worship group there, felt the presence of God restoring that joy of salvation. And I can't. Yeah. 
can, can we just like celebrate that some more? That was so powerful. Hi, everyone. My husband and I don't get to come to church probably as often as we would like, but every time we come, it's the most special experience. And over the past six years since we've moved here, we typically come here kind of broken. There's a lot to pray for, a lot of fear related to you know job stability and lots of other things. But the past couple of weeks have just been so, so healing. We have finally purchased a home which will be able to bring our family closer together. Our son just turned five and I started a new job. So we have so much to be grateful for. Hi, I'm Helen McKinney, and my husband lost his job along with 43 others from the Idaho Transportation Department at the end of this summer just now, but he, God gave him a new job, which is far better, and it's in a private Christian manufacturing plant, and he's just provided, and I just praise him to yeah. celebrate. Uh, three months ago, I suffered a heart attack that uh, should have killed me. And uh, I was alone in the backyard when it happened. My uh, wife was out on the coast. And uh, basically, it was just a wake-up call because I've been little parts of me just controlling everything uh, my whole life. And so uh, that was his way of saying, give it to me, all of it all of it I've been waiting and and so that's what it is but give him all of it and uh, that's all he's waiting for from all of us is just let him have it hey my name's David I've been coming here since uh, 2015 and then I was greeting for a couple years and after the COVID came, I quit. I said, I can't do that. But, because I had a hole in my lung, but everything's better and God told me to come back and greet. So the first Monday of every month, I'll be back to greet you guys. All right. I, love, I love this place. Okay, uh, talk about pushing through the awkward. <laughs> Um, we don't even go to church here, except we're part of the church. We just live somewhere else. Um, we're really good friends with Sue and Dennis Mansfield. We've known them forever. But um, I have two elements to share. Um, we've just finished a fundraiser and talk about pushing through to get to the end. It's a, it's a fundraiser. It's a long story. Um, four half marathons and four weekends. Uh, to walk or run, it's a fundraiser. So, you know, there's just the getting to the end and talk about celebration when you get there, <laughs> okay? That was cool. But the thing for me yesterday, that was our last uh, walk for us. Um, you know, when you're from out of town, you're in a hotel, you're trying to get somewhere, and of course you're running late. You know how that goes. And I'm always running late. Like that's, that's not a good part of my life, but it's real. Um, 
ask Sue and Dan, they'll tell you. <laughs> um, so I kind of got there yesterday morning somewhat irritated with that great looking guy right next to me who's my support team. And he's walked it with me, he's, he's there, he's been all in and is all in. My heart, I, I was glad to be there, but I really wasn't in a good place here. And uh, it was the last of our four walks and it's just our group. We weren't partnering with any other races. And um, we had a worship time. And just in the middle of worship, I had to push through the yucko in my soul to just look at him and be made whole. And um, there was a celebration in here before I started the walk that got me through to the end of the walk and of our four big events. Um, so it's not, I mean, and I, when you said something about just ability that we have legs to walk with and lungs that breathe well and what a gift that is and I'm like yeah <laughs> you got that one right <laughs> among other things you got right <laughs> so thank you for letting me be a part of this hi everybody um, my name is Joetta and uh, I had the privilege of this year over the last like 11 months of co-leading in a step study with Celebrate Recovery and um, we had, um, we just had a graduation on Friday where we finished that 11th month year long, almost year long study. And we had 15 women who, uh, whose lives were transformed as a result of that. You're gonna give me the mic. I'm gonna come up here and talk. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That is my strength. The joy that he has given me, that he has given us, that is our strength. I will praise God, that is my strength. He is my strength. It's involuntary, maybe voluntary, I don't know. But that is my strength. Yeah. Um, one of the hosts online, I just want to share um, from someone who posted their celebration online. So this is from Lois. She says, after... She just posted again. After decades of disturbing, frightening dreams, Pastor Trevor prayed for me, and I haven't had any destructive or deeply frightening dreams. summer and she says the Lord has blessed their finances tremendously. They started FPU in April and they paid off a $5,000 car, an $11,000 credit card, and made a huge dent on a HELOC loan and it's all God working in us. Oh, I'm shaking. Um, the past couple years I've been so lonely. I don't know about you guys, but COVID, being separated from family and friends, and our, we left a church, a different church, and losing our spiritual family. I was so alone and so depressed, and I was just like, God, where are you? He's never left me. He's 
has never left my heart. He's been with me in every step and every hardship, every miracle we've experienced through COVID and finances. He's been with me and he is here with you and he has never left you. And God just, oh, he's going to pursue you through everything, every battle, every darkness, every depression and anxiety. He is coming after you because he wants you so much and desires you so much. Okay, I need to make a correction. Technology. Um, that that celebration about the paying off the finances and everything was from Debbie. Lois had the, the disturbing dreams taken care of. Debbie did the finances. My name's Kim. Um, I, I was praying with a lady and... Um, she had pain in her rotator cuff. She had rotator cuff issues. And I have prayed with people before in the past, and they've always, like a lot of times, experienced healing. And for some reason, every time I prayed for someone with a rotator cuff, like nothing happened. And so the second she said it was a rotator cuff issue, my brain said, oh, that's a hard one. And as soon as I thought that, I felt God say, no, Kim, this is an easy one. And it was a shift in, in the way that I was thinking. I prayed with this lady and God came and met her and healed that rotator cuff. And I want to, and I just want to release that. There's, that if you have something in your brain, in something in your mind, where you're, ex you're waiting for an experience to open up, and there's just this little slight doubt of it not happening, that I speak over you that today, it's the easy one. It's the easy one. Hey, my name is Shepard, and uh, a couple weeks ago, um, I have a 12-year-old daughter, and I could just tell that like something was wrong with her, and of course, everything I said wasn't the right thing, and uh, she's just so awesome, and we went to church, and uh, God just kind of called us up here, and you know, I just kind of went up and, in like uh, obedience, and you know, she just kind of came up and hugged me and cried while people prayed over us, and it was just really awesome to kind of just to get to experience that, you know, because it's not something I could fix, even though I could tell something was wrong, and like, I still don't know <laughs> what was going on, right, but like, all I know is I got to hold my daughter, and, and like, while she was crying, we were both crying, right, you know, and it was just like a really awesome, touching moment, so, yeah. Kind of fun to celebrate together. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Um, real quick, who is the woman that had the rotator cuff story? Where, where are you at? Okay. Um, is there anyone that needs prayer for a rotator cuff in the room? No, seriously. Yeah, come on up. Yeah. Can you come? While you're coming, Jesse, I just want to yeah. share a quick testimony while they're coming. You guys just go ahead and pray. But uh, so, uh, was it five or six weeks ago, uh, we took our son, our 12-year-old son, to the doctor just for his will child check, right? And the doctor said, hey, um, he has a heart murmur. He said, how long has he had the heart murmur? And we said, he doesn't have a heart murmur. And she said, yeah, he does. He's got a heart murmur. And we said, oh, we didn't know that. Um, 
so we, um, she's scheduled a, an appointment uh, to have it looked at and to assess how how uh, you know, how crazy it was. And so last the appointment was Tuesday. So last Sunday I called Moses up here to to lay hands on him and pray for him. And we had a group and we just laid hands on him and prayed for him uh, last Sunday right here right at this same time. And then last Tuesday afternoon he had a, a 30 minute echocardiogram where they found there was zero heart murmur. So we're just, we're continuing to pray over here. So you guys keep going, keep praying. Uh, we're believing for healing for the shoulders over there. Um, real quick, a couple things before we, we go. Um, and I feel like God wants to do some additional stuff today. But I do want to say one, so that was our first practice of celebration. So I think we're going to, should we do some more of that? I think, I think we should. Um, the other thing that we're going to do, uh, we want to launch a new initiative um, here at the church. We want to invite you guys into this because we, we feel like we need to establish a culture of celebration and a culture of connecting with each other. And so one of the things that God's put on our heart as a church is we would like to start um, something we're going to call pre-service celebration. And that is going to be happening over in Heritage Hall at 9.30 a.m. And what we're going to do is have the pastors and the staff, uh, we're going to be hanging out over there and we're going to have free donuts. something to celebrate right there free donuts um but <laughs> jeremy will be there i'm in i'm um, in you had me at donuts but seriously guys seriously we really believe that that we need that we need yeah. that time together right and and so we just i just invite you guys and if this is your church home i'd even say the word i would challenge you guys yeah. to to sacrifice that half hour sleep come early come get a donut come share a story with someone about God's goodness in your life. That's a way we can practice this together. But we also just want to connect. We want to develop that, that family and, and those friendships and those relationships. So, so that's one thing that we're doing. And, and again, like the staff and the pastor, we're going to be here. We're going to be hanging out. We want to we meet you. Maybe we don't know you yet. We want to meet you. This is a great opportunity to do that. So that's going to be starting this coming Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Come get some donuts and some coffee. And we're just going to, that's not a one-time thing. We're committing to this. We want this to, to be worked into the culture of our church. So can we just celebrate that today? And All right. So the third thing this morning um, is I just, I want to make some space for ministry time as well. Um, I recognize that you know, there's, there's a lot of us today, maybe we've been walking in a season of grief, um, maybe a season of mourning, and the reality is sometimes that's where we need to be, and that's okay, and that's okay, and sometimes we need to just come into the house of the Lord and be with our brothers and sisters and let them celebrate, and that's just good for our hearts, so I don't want to rush that at all, but I also know that sometimes we can get in a place of, of mourning or grieving or just kind of the... the just being in the culture that we're in and it starts to become like this this cynical kind of root that can take that can take root and and that grief kind of turns into um into something more that it's not intended to, to be and so today we want we don't want to leave this place if you're in a place where you're like i i've been walking i just i have maybe a, like this root of cynicism 
um, that's one thing that the Lord was highlighting to me um, as I was preparing. Just this root of cynicism, or maybe you've been in a prolonged season of grief and mourning, and you just, you know that your time there is done, but you just want someone to pray for you, and you just want to step out of that into a season of celebration. We just want to make space today for God to do that. So what we're going to do, the, the band's going to, um, we're going to just do some worship. We're going to respond with a song of gratitude. And as we do that, um, if you, if that resonates with you and you're like, I just need the joy of the Lord this morning. Uh, I want someone to pray for me. Um, here's a prayer that, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to skip that today, but but I just feel like I sense and in this atmosphere of celebration, there's something that the Lord wants to impart. And there's some of us this morning that just need someone to pray for us. And I felt the Lord saying, even the, the, the act of stepping out of your seat and coming up and acknowledging that is part of the healing process that God wants to do in your life. And so what we're going to do as the band continues to play, I'm just going to make, I'm going to invite you, if you want prayer for that in any way, I'm going to invite you to come forward. And we're just going to sit in that and allow the Lord to, to pour out the, the oil of gladness this morning, to pour out um, the, the joy of the Lord upon us. And then eventually we'll have one of our prayer team members. They'll come and just lay a hand on your shoulder and we'll pray for you and we'll see what God wants to do. So uh, worship team, why don't you lead us in a song? And, uh, and if that's you this morning, if you would like prayer, if you want to step into a new season of celebration, you need, you need healing in any way, the front is open. We want to invite you to come, and we're going to pray for you. Okay. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.